13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. We're talking weather this week on the Fun Kids Science Weekly because, and can you believe this, we've done like the show for three and a half years now and we have never had anyone on to chat about why weather does what it does. And that changes this week uh, because Judith Ralston is a BBC weather presenter and she's got a brand new book out. It's called What's the Weather? And she's on the show with us. Hey, Judith. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for bringing your big brain to the Science Week. I'm very big excited. Big brain. I like that. I thought, uh, just be, as I said, because really we don't know much about the weather and why it does what it does. I thought we would give you some like uh, year one type questions just so you can help us understand stuff. Yeah, sure. When I watch the forecast, there are lots of these circles and mm-hmm. there's sometimes quite a lot of them and it looks almost like the topography maps of a mountain. Sometimes they're quite spread out, sometimes they're close together. And I know this talks about pressure. Mm-hmm. Why, like, what does high and low pressure mean in weather and how does that affect things? Okay, well, if you take... Um high pressure it's initial it, we can relate that to say dry settled conditions as a rule of thumb but if we take low pressure it typically equates to unsettled weather so that's when we see rain it's when we see winds picking up so a low pressure system will bring unsettled conditions and it's actually when air rises it cools and condenses and that's what generates the clouds that's what generates the rain and in the UK we take our weather more often than not from the Atlantic so we're whipping in these low pressure systems that come across the Atlantic sometimes from the 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 United States of America all the way across that side of the Atlantic they start to develop as they leave there or or on their way to Scotland uh, sorry to the UK and this is what the, it, it brings an energy, which brings the rain, which brings the wind as well. So that's kind of what low pressure does. High pressure is generally when um, pressure drops, believe it or not. And it's when things, uh, our weather becomes settled and dry. And we've just had quite a high pressure um, spell of weather recently where it's been uh, cold. It's been quite frosty. There's been a lot of fog around, fog uh, generated uh, underneath the high pressure system. Often these uh, these are characteristics of that kind of weather, if that makes any sense to you, Dan. <laughs> it does make sense, Judith. What I'm, the only thing I'm struggling to get my head around is what is it a pressure of? Oh. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, it, is it general air pressure? Yes, air pressure. I have to think there. Yeah, it's just air pressure. So when it rises, it becomes uh, low pressure. It's like the pressure pushing up and everything explodes and it gets quieter as it drops. And if there's low air pressure, if, which means that there isn't a lot of that air about, it means um, 
there's this kind of, I guess, basically, there's kind of more space for all this weather to, to all, all this confusion and this chaos to happen. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's what's And it's, it's very, as I say, our weather is often dominated by the kind of Atlantic with bringing in those low pressure systems. I'm sure you, you recognise that yourself. Yes. And how are we able, how are you able when working in weather, how are you able to predict so far in advance? You know, we have two week forecasts now. How are you able to kind of get a handle on what's going to happen in the skies in two weeks time? Okay, well, I think it's more of a trend that you're looking at uh, over a two-week forecast. I think we can pretty safely forecast over five days, which are these are the kind of television weather forecasts or radio forecasts that you hear or see. It's uh, I think the most accurate in, in a five-day window. Over two weeks, you're seeing a kind of trend. You're seeing perhaps a trend for unsettled weather, so the trend for low-pressure systems or, or a trend for you know a high-pressure system or things to be changeable. So it's definitely a two-week forecast is more of a kind of feeling, if you like, or a trend, an instinct. And our weather is actually done through modelling, which is a computer-generated forecast, which um, the weather boards uh, at, say, the Met Office or Meteo Group <clears throat> would use to forecast the weather. So it's all done through maths and science. And then the actual forecasters get in on the act closer to the time and closely forecast the weather using the models, using their experience. But one thing I use a lot of when I'm doing my day-to-day forecasting is the satellite picture and the radar because you can see around the British Isles, anybody can go and look at the satellite and radar. You can go to the Met Office and look, Google satellite um, radar Met Office, and you can see a picture of the United Kingdom. And what if you press radar, you'll see where the rain is, if there is any rain, or satellite, you can see where it's cloudy and where it's sunny. And that's a great tool. I use that for um, you know, hourly forecasting, if I'm going on radio and I can see, well, the rain's just off the West Coast, it's going to sweep in over the next few hours. So that's a very useful tool. And that's a tool that a lot of uh, forecasters uh, use when they're, say, out in the field, for example, in Antarctica. If you're forecasting for planes to come in, they'll do it by the satellite and radar. So hang on, when you're doing the weather on telly, on radio, are you putting your the whole thing together? You're kind of looking at these charts and you're figuring out what you need to tell people? Yes, I think the biggest skill that I have, um, well, we're, we're giving a briefing, but I've already looked at the charts by then and had a, a feeling for it. And because I work primarily in Scotland, I have a real feel for my area. So I recognise um, the difference. The land lies, uh, say, in the west of Scotland, we've got a lot of mountains. We've got a lot of uh, sea around the coast. So I know what will happen in a certain wind direction, say in a southwesterly wind, if it's going to be raining and windy, there'll be a lot of rain pushing into western parts of Scotland, but not so much rain in the east because the mountains act as a barrier to the rain in the east. So I know my patch, if you like, so I can recognise certain patterns that will happen um, in, in our weather. The thing we skill we have as weather presenters is being able to translate the weather speak of the scientists into something that the public would understand. Certainly, when I first started weather, that's how I became quite good at my job because I had to understand it. And I've kept that simplifying kind of ethic through my work because I think it's, it's got to be simple. It's got to be easy for people to pick up 
whether they need an umbrella or they need a warm coat or gloves. That's the basis of our forecast really for this country, isn't it? It's what you need for the day ahead. Uh, I'd like to ask you some secrets of being a weather presenter on the telly, <laughs> if that's okay. When you're on camera, uh-huh. um, uh, is the map behind you? Yes, uh-huh. you I can, can see it. You can <laughs> see that map. It is actually there. Yes. It's not uh-huh. put on afterwards. No, it's not. But it's quite a bit behind me, so I can't touch it. So it's a good arm's length and more behind me. But I can see my map and the camera ahead of me. Are you reading off a script like an auto cue, or no, are you just kind of all, yep, bus, all busking it here, as you go along? All, yeah, that's exactly what I do. And I, I, I've tried several times in the, in, over my career, which is quite a, you know quite a long career now, to learn the words, but I cannot do it. So I end up. Every time before I go on air, I always get this feeling of, what am I going to say? But I know the weather story so well. So when I actually start, it comes out the way I would tell, well, my kids or, you know, my next door neighbour. Um, but that I still have that moment of panic when I don't know what I'm going to say. But I know for sure what's going on with the weather. I know it's going to rain. I know it's going to be windy. I know there's going to be gales or it's going to be dry. It's just it threads together as I start to speak when I go on air. But that's a yeah. skill I've learned over the years. It's not it's not unlearnable if you want to be a weather presenter. And the map and the graphics mm-hmm. behind you, uh, are you controlling that? Who's putting it together? How does that side of it work? Yeah, we put our, our pictures together as well. Um, we we sort of lo- we make what's called a show, so the different pictures that go into our weather forecast behind us. We put the different pictures on, um, right up to you putting your name on, and and there's a clicker. Some of my colleagues like to just press the clicker once and, and let the show run, so they have to keep talking to what's behind them. And a few others like myself will use a clicker to click through each picture, so you can put the detail in. Um, as and when you it comes out, you know comes out of your mouth, so to speak. Um, but it's it's tried and tested with the way I do it. Actually, I, I have faith in myself, but I don't know if I teach anyone to do it that way. <laughs> now you're you know a BBC weather presenter of high esteem. Is like the headline show of your job, saying the cup final at Wembley, or you know playing Madison Square Gardens. Is that doing the BBC Country File? Uh, forecast on a Sunday? Well, I guess for my colleagues down south, but we had our own Countryfell type forecast up here in Scotland. Um, we had Landward, which is a kind of similar type of programme. So we used to do a forecast into that. Um, the thing about the Countryfell forecast is it's three minutes long and three minutes is a long time to fill. So <laughs> they, They've got like a whole week and they always dress down, don't they? I like the fact they wear Yeah, do you like that? Dress down oh, Friday. Oh, oh, I love it. It's great. <laughs> right, anyway, you've got a brand new book out as well. It's called What's yes. the Weather? It's all about how climate change uh, is kind of affecting what's happening day to day for us now. How much have you noticed as a weather presenter what's going on? How the, the, the climate change is, is massively changing what's up in our skies? Well, I think... Uh, over the, I was thinking back to 10 years ago because exactly 10 years ago today we started to have a massive snow event uh, and I don't know if you remember that, that certainly in Scotland, I can't remember if it was south of the border as well but we had basically snow from now right through until well, it was February right before it lifted, snow and severe frosts, so it was a real Arctic winter that we had now we've not really seen as many snowy events um, as we saw over those two years, actually about 10 years ago. I've noticed a change to wetter weather, I think, is definitely because 
low pressure, we've got more clouds, we've got more rain, um, the air's getting warmer, the sea slightly, this is all very marginal warmer. When there's warmer air, warmer air holds more moisture, which means more rain, which means more flooding events. And that's what I've noticed. There's more events to do with flooding and rain. Ah, it's the warmer air. That's the secret. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, well, I'm pleased to have kind of figured that out, Judith. Thank you so much for joining us. The brand new book is called What's the Weather? Uh, it's by Judith Ralston. Uh, and yeah, it, it's out in January. So you can get it a copy. Thank you so much for joining us, Judith. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That was an interview from the Fun Kids Science Weekly podcast. There's a new episode every week. Find it wherever you're listening to this or ask your smart speaker to play the Fun Kids Science Weekly podcast. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. 13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.